to you. The, the title of this message on this Baptism Sunday is Divine Pursuit. Divine Pursuit. And I'm going to be reading from the Old Testament. I'm going to be reading from the Bible. And it's actually from the first book of the Bible. It's from the book of Genesis. The, this book which is all about the beginning, about how God created this world. We believe here in this church that this world doesn't come about by chance. That you haven't come about by chance. But God created this world. You were created in the image of God this morning. You're not here by accident, but you're here on purpose today. And we believe that here at this church. And I'm going to be reading from Genesis chapter 3. God had made this perfect world. God had created everything. And his best part of creation was mankind, you and I. But you know, mankind messed this up. And we read about this. It says this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 9. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the fruit from any tree, from the tree in this garden? She said, of course we may eat from the trees in the garden. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it, it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig, tree, uh, fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool of the evening breeze was blowing, the man and his wife feared the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? You know, this is a, a very special day for me and for Georgina. If you had told me a year ago today, that I'd be baptizing the love of my life, <laughs> then I would have said that it's not possible. But you know, God is a God of miracles. God is a God of grace. God's a God of mercy. God turns around our lives. God turns around what the enemy means for evil. He can turn it for good for glory, and for his glory. God is a God who can bring beauty from ashes. That is what our God can do. That's what he's done in my life. I know he's done that in Georgina's life, and I know he can do that in your life today. But I just want to share briefly how Georgina and I met. You get to hear my side of the story <laughs> this morning. But our journey began actually back, in, back last summer at Aberdeen Tennis Club of all places. I was looking to, to rebuild my life, to get back out there. And so my parents coaxed me to join the tennis club. I have a passion for tennis. So I rejoined the tennis club. And I'd been going for a few weeks just minding my own business, making some new friends, playing in the tennis club and, and just minding my own business. And then all of a sudden, one Saturday morning, this lady comes along and uh, she caught my attention. She caught my eye. She captivated me on that tennis court. But I thought there's no chance she'd be interested in a guy like me. I'm totally out of her league. I don't know nothing about it. And she's totally out of my league. <laughs> I, sorry, George. <laughs> I'll be having words later. There we go. So... Uh, <laughs> She, I'm out of her league, and she's out of my league. So, uh, but you know, I thought there's there's not a chance that she would be interested. But anyway, 
after a few weeks, you know, we, we exchanged pleasantries. Good morning, Georgina. Good morning, Lou. You know, that was it. That's all it was for a number of weeks. I played it cool. I thought, I'm just going to carry on with my life. Just carry on running my race for God. I'll just carry on. And, uh, and that was that. But then after a few weeks had gone by, we, uh, all of a sudden we began speaking. And she began to tell me how her dad's business, Georgina's from Ross on White. I'm from this place, from Cumde, from this, this small place in Aberdeen. And she's come all the way from Ross on White in England here. And she told me after having a conversation that her dad's business was supplying the carpet for our church. We was having this fitted last year. So of all things, this is a bit of a random coincidence. I thought, mm, this is a bit strange. So anyway, a few weeks went by. We just kept having pleasantries in the tennis club. And then it all changed on one Saturday morning when we had played a game of doubles. And after the game of doubles, she came up to me and she said, oh, you smell nice, Luke. I thought, hmm, that's not a, you know, I don't think that's your average everyday comment you so, sort of make to somebody. I thought, hmm, is she making a pass here? I don't really know what's going on. Is she making a move? I thought, hmm, it could be game on here. So, <laughs> so anyway, we, uh, she, she made that comment. And then a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden, I get this friend request on Facebook. Who is it? Georgina Booth. I thought, it is game on. She's pursuing me here. And then I found out a little bit more about her. We got to know each other. And, uh, and as they say, the rest is history. Found out that she loved God, has a passion for God. And isn't it amazing how God brings people lives together and how God orchestrates things that we never thought was possible. But you know, Georgina was pursuing me. I didn't know. I was a bit slow in getting onto this. She was pursuing me, but after she messaged me on Facebook, that was it. I started pursuing her. And, you know, it's, there's nothing more special than feeling like you wanted, is there? I don't know about you, if you've ever been pursued before by somebody, there's no greater feeling. I think that each and every one of us here this morning would say we all want to be loved. We all want to be wanted. We all want to be longed for. We all want to have somebody chase after us. We all love that in our lives. I have some interesting news for you this morning. Did you know that there is someone who loves you? Somebody who's pursuing you. Somebody who's been pursuing you from even before the day you were created. You know, the Bible says that, as I said, God created this, this world. God created everything in it. He, he made this perfect, incredible world. But on the sixth day, he made the best part of his creation which was mankind. The Bible says we are made in the image of God, male and female. We are made in the image of God. And God made the first human beings, which were called Adam and Eve. They lived in this perfect world without sin, without pain, without suffering, without loneliness, without heartache, without torment, without struggle. They lived in the perfect world. And the Bible says they lived in friendship with God. They had a close friendship with God. The Bible says they walked with God day by day. Can you imagine that? Walking with the creator day after day, meeting with him, spending time with him. That was the best part of it all. They had everything. Life was absolutely perfect. But as I said, it all goes wrong. They could have enjoyed God's creation forever. They could have enjoyed God forever. And God had created everything and said, everything is yours, but there is one part that you can't touch. And that was the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. God said, you can't eat from that tree, but you can have everything else. Then the Bible says one day, the smartest animal of all, which was the serpent, which the Bible tells us was Satan, the enemy of our souls, the devil. He comes along and he begins to convince Adam and Eve with this lie. 
He says, did God really say you can't eat from this tree? He tries to convince them that that God was out to to hurt them and harm them and put restrictions on their lives. But we know that our God's a good father who's got restrictions. They're not for our bad or to limit us, but it's for our good, for our protection, like any good parent does. But he says, did God really say that? And the Bible says in Genesis 3 there that the woman was convinced that Eve listened to the lies. She thought that what Satan said was better than what God had said. She trusted this lie rather than the goodness of God, rather than obeying God's construction instructions. So she ate of this fruit from the tree. The Bible says in that moment, rebellion happened and it changed everything. Not only did it change everything for Adam and Eve, but it changed everything for you and me even today. It changed everything for mankind forever and ever because that day when mankind disobeyed God, The Bible says that this sickness came into this world. This disease came into this world, and it's a worse disease than COVID, worse disease than any other disease. It is the disease of sin. This disease of sin cuts us off from God. You see, you and I were created to have a relationship with God, but sin cuts us off from God. It produces a barrier between us and God. And, And we see Adam and Eve who enjoyed his friendship with the living God, with the one who st- flew the stars into the sky. They had this relationship with him, but because they disobeyed him, sin entered the world and it ruined the relationship. After this moment, after Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible said, what was the first thing they did? They went into hiding. Just like a child, when they've messed up, they go into hiding so their parents don't give them a row. I've done that many times. I'm sure you've done that as well. They went into hiding because they knew they had messed up. Not only did they know they'd messed up from themselves, but they messed up for everyone else who would follow on after that. It says in verse 8 of Genesis 3, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. You know, it'd be a pretty sad end to the story if that was it, wouldn't it? It'd be pretty sad if that was the end of the story. But I have good news. The Bible says that God didn't leave them there. God didn't leave them there. It says this in Genesis 3, verse 9. It says, then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where are you? Our God knows all things. He knew exactly what Adam and Eve had done. He's the all-knowing God. But yet... He knew what they'd done and he pursued after Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve messed up, they didn't go looking for God, but God came looking for them. When they had done wrong and they rebelled against God, it was God who chased after them. Even though they turned away from God, God came chasing after them. The reason they they didn't pursue God was because they were cut off from God. But God decided, I'm still going to chase after them. I'm going to do everything I can to restore this relationship with mankind. God loved them so much that he wanted to bring them back into relationship with himself, but also you and me as well. You know, as well, you know, the day that they messed up was the day that God had a plan and that that plan was put into motion. God put into effect that day a way so that mankind could be reconciled with God. It says this, even after Adam and Eve sinned, God went looking for them. And it says this in verse 14 to 15 of Genesis chapter three. It says, then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. 
And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. You know, the rest of the Bible shows this plan unfolding. Ultimately, this plan leads to God stepping into this world in the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible calls him the second Adam. And the reason why God stepped into this world was because God was the only one who could reconcile the relationship between mankind and himself. Mankind tried, but they kept failing and failing. So God stepped in and he stepped in to bring this relationship possible, to make it possible. You know, that phrase there says that he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. He's talking about what Jesus would do. Satan, the devil, tried to kill Jesus. He thought he'd won the victory as we celebrated a few weeks ago on Easter Sunday when Jesus died on the cross. Satan thought he had won. He thought that he had cut off mankind from God forever. Little did Satan know that three days later, our God would conquer sin and death. Jesus would rise again from the grave. Jesus crushed the head of the snake. In other words, When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. When he rose again, he conquered sin, Satan, death for all time and for all people. I love what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. It says, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Adam ruined the relationship between God and mankind, but Jesus restored that relationship. Jesus reconciled the relationship. And you know, there's nobody in this room who hasn't sinned. We all sin, the Bible says in Romans 3.23. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. We've all messed up against the holy God because God is perfect and without sin. We've all messed up. I mess up. Day by day, we all have sinned. And there is nothing that you and I could do to ever make ourselves right with God. No, it doesn't matter how many times you come to church. It doesn't matter how many songs you sing, how many prayers you say. There was nothing that you and I could do to make ourselves right with God. That's why God came. God came to reconcile us to himself. And when we sin, when we mess up, there's nothing we can do to make ourselves right with God. But Jesus has done everything to make that way possible. Jesus died on the cross, took the punishment for our sins so we could be made right with God. You know, when we sin and we turn away from God, know this morning, God has been chasing after you. God still chases after you. God is pursuing you. God's love hasn't changed from the very beginning. He's still chasing after mankind. He's still chasing after us, even when we mess up. I love what it says in Romans 5 verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He didn't come to save perfect people. He came to save those who were sick, those who were dead in their sins. He hasn't come to make good, bad people good. He's come to make dead people live. That's why Jesus came. This is the good news. And it doesn't matter who you are this morning. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. It doesn't matter how far away you feel from God. The Bible says this in John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. Well, you can put your name there. This is how God loved you. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, will not be separated from God forever, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That's why Jesus has come. 
to save you, to save me. John 14 verse 6 says this. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you want to be reconciled to God, then it's not through your good efforts. It's not through going to a church. It's not through me or through anybody else. There's only one way to heaven. That's by believing in Jesus, by believing he died on the cross for your sins, by believing he rose again and putting your trust in him. It's not about what we have done, but it's resting on what Jesus has done. That what he's done is enough to save me. What he has done is enough to clean my slate and reconcile me to God. What Jesus has done is enough. When we come to God through Jesus Christ, we'll be reconciled to him forever. We can experience forgiveness. If you're here this morning and you want a fresh start, it's only through Jesus. It's only through him. You want to receive forgiveness and grace and the gift of eternal life? It's only through Jesus. That's what God has done in my life. That's what God has done in Georgina's life, which we're going to celebrate. And that's what God can do in your life. Just as God initiated the pursuit of Adam and Eve, he initiates our journey towards him as well. God is reaching out to you today with love. And mercy. He's not there to condemn you. He's come to save you. He's come to give you the hope of eternal life. He's come to give you life to the full right now. That's why Jesus has come. God is reaching out to us. It's no coincidence today that God has brought Georgina from Ross on Wye to be baptized in this little place in Abraham and in South Wales. It's no coincidence. It's because of God's incredible love and mercy. It's no coincidence that you're sitting in this seat here this morning. It's because God's pursuing you. God wants to draw you to himself. God wants you to know him and have a relationship with him. Nothing in this world will ever satisfy. Nothing will ever complete you. I can tell you that for free. I've experienced it. Nothing will ever satisfy you. Only God can. There is a God-shaped void in all of our hearts, which only he can fill, which only he can satisfy. And God has been pursuing you and he'll continually pursue you. And if you're a Christian here today, and you've messed up, you've fallen away from God. No, God is still there with open arms. There is a story in Luke 15 about the prodigal son, about this kid who goes off and messes up and ruins his life. And he tries to go back to his father, but he thinks his father will never accept him because he's ruined his life. But the Bible says the father is there with open arms. And he, as he sees his son coming back, he runs towards him. He embraces him. He celebrates him. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you feel like you messed up, he's there with open arms today ready to receive you, ready to accept you again. He's the God of the second chance. He's the God of the third chance, the fourth chance, the 70 times seven chances. God is a God who forgives. That is his love. So know today, just as God has been pursuing me, just as God pursued Georgina, God's pursuing you as well. God's pursuing you. It says this in Psalm 23 verse six, and I'm just going to end with this. It says, the psalmist says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's been pursuing you, and he'll continually pursue you. He'll constantly pursue you. Why? Because he loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. He wants a friendship with you once again. For those of you who are here this morning, and you have not yet experienced his pursuit, I want to encourage you today. Open up your heart to God. Open up your heart to him and watch what God will do in and through your life. Watch how he'll change your life. Watch how he'll move in your life. Watch how he'll reveal to you his plan and his purpose for your life. 
The divine pursuer, pursuer loves you more than you can possibly imagine. God loves you more than you can imagine. And for those who are followers of Jesus in this room, let's never forget God's amazing love, God's amazing grace. And just because you've surrendered your life to Jesus doesn't mean God stopped pursuing you. He's pursuing you again today. He wants your heart today. He wants you to know him in a greater way today. What a God we serve. What an amazing God we serve. So let's respond to that pursuit with renewed commitment to follow him faithfully and tell others about his love and about, about what he has done for us.